Your brothers and sisters, in the name of the Lord, I want to greet you. Praise the name of the Lord. I can see this is a different American church. Praise the name of the Lord. I see, see you raise your hands, and I'm surprised to see that. Not very many Presbyterian churches will do that. Um, as you have been told, my name is Daniel Madhufa. I come from Kenya. I'm an ordained minister in the Presbyterian Church there. I am married, three grown-up children, uh, three grandchildren. So that's me. The Lord called me to the ministry. He saved me, and I love the Lord as my personal savior. Back out in Kenya, I was given a text of the book of Exodus 20, verse number 7. I want to read that first using new international fashion. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. When I was in communication with my brother Daniel, he told me that this church is going through a series of a sermon entitled The, law, the Love of God, and the law of love. And I was trying to think about that and saying, what does that really mean to me? If they are talking about the love of God and the law of love. I said, then I went before the Lord and said, Lord, I need a word that I will speak to the people of God because you have given me an opportunity. So I want to say that, having come from Kenya, my English will be different from the American English. And we always look at ourselves and say, it is not our fault. The British people told us they are British English. So we pronounce a lot of British words, and we say, since we did not colonize ourselves, we don't have to, to feel guilty or excuse ourselves every time. But there we are. I'm learning the American accent. Uh, many are times when I don't understand even what he says. And then he doesn't understand what I say. But we go along. The Spirit speaks to us. Let's go to the word of the Lord. One thing I want to begin by saying is that when we speak about the law or God's law, we say that it is an, an expression of God's grace. The law is God's plan for his sanctified people to enjoy communion with him. We, we have just sung about our God, and God wants to have communion with his people, and therefore he introduced the law that we can be able to have communion with him. And that's why the book of Psalms are full of declarations of delight in regarding God's commands. Even in the passing of the Mosaic of Covenant, surely the psalmist sets an example for us. He says, the happy man delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on it day and night. And that is found in the book of Psalms, chapter 1, or the Psalm 1, verse 2. 
you know, the Bible continues to say that the precepts and the rules of the Lord are sweeter than honey. You know, I'm not sure how much honey do you have in America. We, I come from a tribe that, you know, we have a lot of honey, and we love to take honey. It's sweet. You know, when I think of a scripture, in fact, I was called into salvation through the book of Psalm, that is 734. Come and test the Lord is good. Yes, yes. You know, through that, I wanted to test. I know the honey, and God is sweeter than honey. And brothers and sisters, the Bible says its precepts and rules, you know, are sweeter than honey. And it says more to be desired than gold. You know, the Western society love gold. We have a lot of gold in some parts of Africa. And, you know, gold is something precious. It's something that, like by all nations, if you have ever to have gold in your land, in your place where you stay, you know that you are a rich man, you are a rich woman. So God is precious. But the Bible says that it is to be desired more than gold. Psalm 19, verse 10. Yes, the law can incite the natural man to sin. Galatians says that. But God's people rejoice in his statues and behold wondrous things out of the law. You know, Psalm 111, verse 18. They long to be steadfast in keeping his statues. In the eyes of the believer, the law is still true and good. It is our hope, our comfort, and our song. We sing about the law of the Lord. As I move on, I want to divine, what does it mean by the love of God? The love of God can mean either love for God or love by God. Love for God is associated with the concept of worship. When we come in the church, when we come in the sanctuary, we come here to worship the Lord. When we come here, we come to be devoted. We devote our, ourselves towards God. We leave our houses, we leave our places where we are, and we come here. And you know, we want to get our worship before the Lord. So the Greek term agape is applied to both love that human beings have for God and the love that God has for men. We have a ministry called the Gospel Coalition. And this is how they divine the love of God. The love of God is a benevolent disposition or inclination in God that stirs him to bestow benefits both physical and spiritual upon those who created or those created in his image. You know, God created us in his own image. The Bible tells us, it says in the book of Genesis that and God said, let's create men in our own image. And therefore, because God created us, he loves us. We see the love of God most clearly in that he gave himself to us in his son. Through which God gave us the most enthralling, beautiful, and eternally satisfying experience possible. That is the knowledge and enjoyment of God himself. That it is through Jesus Christ that we enjoy God. We come to know who God truly is. The Bible says that he became Emmanuel, 
God with us. So because God loves us, he came down that we can, be, we can know him in a better way. This eternal love of God for his people is what secures the, an adoption of the saints in the family of God. Because God loves us, he adopts us into his family. The loving discipline of the Father for his children and the presence of the Holy Spirit of love in the lives as Christians. Brothers and sisters, you know, because God loves us, we are his children. Not just that we come closer home. The West means a confession of faith. That which we believe, that's what we confess. It says, the only scriptures teach very clearly that God is love. Our very only confessions is teaching us that God is love. In John chapter 4, verse 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son in the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. It is because of this love that our sins have been forgiven. And this is a quotation from English Standard Fashion. First John chapter 4, verse 7 to 10. The scripture continues to clearly say that God is love. God has always and consistently revealed himself as the most loving God. Although his revelation was progressively throughout history and became fuller from the promises to the fullness of this revelation of deep love for sinners in Christ. We were sinners. We continue to be sinners. Yet through Christ, our sins are forgiven. It does not matter the color. It does not matter the race where, where you come from. Yet we all acknowledge that we are sinners, and through Christ our sins are forgiven. Yet from God's earliest revelation of himself as a glorious redeemer of his people. So the Westminster continues to teach us that God has revealed himself to us through his son. He revealed as God who is gracious, merciful, abundance in goodness. Exodus 34, 6 to 7. So the Westminster Catechism reflects this scripture by asking in question number seven, what is God? And part of the answer to this question is that God is most merciful and gracious, abundance in goodness and truth. So our very own confessions are telling us that God is love. It's telling us that God is remembered as in goodness and in truth. And he quotes this from the book of Psalm, I mean Exodus 34, verse 6, and Psalm 117, verse 2. And the goodness of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, all reveal God's love towards his people. God revealed as loving in the scriptures. Brothers and sisters, what does this law of love mean to us? 
When one person loves others, he or she wishes happiness for the others as much as it were his or our own and strives to help them to achieve that happiness so that their actions do not harm them or generate suffering. So when we say that I love you, when I'm saying that I love you, when you say that you love me, you are wishing me happiness. Praise the name of the Lord. You want me to, to have the happiness that you have. So that's what we, we, we say, you know, love. And getting the truth. You know, when we read the book of Matthew chapter number 22, the Bible tells us that an expert in the law tested Jesus with the same question. He came to him and said, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus looked at him and replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. And he says, This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second, like it, says, Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets are or is summed on these two commandments. So Jesus, by talking this or responding to the expert, the law, is saying or giving to us the law of love. In general terms, and this, in this important passage in the New Testament, he expressed it in another place in what we call the golden rule. And this is what it says. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Doing to others what you want them to do, do to you. Apostle Paul echoed these words when he wrote, The entire law is summed in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Galatians 5.14. So these biblical passages express the art and the soul of God's law and should guide all our actions and interactions with others. So as we interact with other people, as we, you know, we meet with other people, you know, as Christians, we have principles that need to guide us. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. And these biblical passages are teaching us that. So loving God first and foremost and loving others results in the ultimate fulfillment and completion of the biblical law, including the Ten Commandments. I was happy to see that you are teaching the Ten Commandments in a very, very simple way. David, you need to teach me that that I can take it home. You know, you are counting one, two, up to ten. And that's a very simple way of learning the Ten Commandments. Doing to others as we would want them to do to us. You know, they are teaching us the biblical truth. Ten Commandments. So if we as Christians love the Lord with our heart, our soul, our mind, and our neighbors as ourselves, we will naturally fulfill the spirit of all other laws. For example, 
we would not put other gods before him or take his name in vain to love our neighbors as ourselves precludes murdering them, stealing from them, lying to them. I think lying is not common here as it is in Africa. Coveting what they have. I saw you do exactly that teaching to children. That when you go to our neighbor, let's not wish what they are is ours. If I come to this church, I will not wish, oh, I wish that piano could be in Africa. I wish those guitars could be in Africa. So we, you know, in a simple manner, you are teaching our children that they should not covet the things of other people. Motivation to us as Christians. As Christians, to obey these commandments should not be out of fear of divine judgment. You know, coming to our hearts and, you know, we, we've got that fear of judgment. The Bible says, but rather because we are compelled by the love of God and love to others which express consideration of kindness to our neighbors. You know, we refrain from activities forbidden by the Ten Commandments because they would not be in accordance with our love for God and others. Friends, in many ways, God's laws of love requires a stricter code of conduct than the Mosaic law. The Ten Commandments, the central tenets of the Mosaic law, says that people were expected to act justly, righteously, but under Jesus, the law of love, much more is required of humankind. Sacrificial love and mercy. So you see, this is more strict than just keeping the law. We need to sacrifice. We need to give ourselves in a sacrificial manner and have mercy upon others. Whether it's you know, the couple, whether it's the children, whether it's our neighbors. So this godly love is a much higher deal or ideal to inspire than mere religious righteousness. In fact, Jesus' law is so much more difficult to keep as to render inhuman impossible, impossible without divine help. So for us to fulfill this law of Jesus, then we need divine help. Jesus told his disciples, without me, you can do nothing. Amen. Without Jesus, we cannot do anything. Amen. While on the other hand, Paul is saying, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Philippians 4.13. So on our own, we realize that there's nothing we can do. And therefore, we require that Jesus helps us, the golden rule. Generally speaking, the law of love is the godly principle by which our entire lives as Christians should be governed. Jesus summed it up one very simple way in the famous golden rule, giving us the key of our relationship with others. So whatever you wish that others would do, to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. 
You know, what's the meaning? Meaning that loving your neighbor as you self fulfills God's laws. That's what Jesus is teaching us. Such a love is the law and the prophets. And this loving principle should guide all of our actions with others as Christians. You know, having been, been a pastor over 30 years, I would think of us as Christians, as you know, we, we sit down in the session meeting and we are discussing about supporting other people or maybe wanting to go and visit a certain group of people and you find, oh, no, 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 no. We are busy in this thing, we are busy in this thing. At one time, I remember my secretary to the session, we call them stated clubs. I don't know what the name you give here. Uh, we sat down and we, we, we had somebody who had come to approach us and he was doing ministry among the Muslims and we said, can you support us? And we started working with him or to help him plant a church among the Muslims. And one time we were in the session meeting and he said, we do not have money, our budget is low and we cannot support anybody, but let's consider this guy who is working among the Muslims. And you know, working among the Muslims is never easy. So we agreed, uh, let's support this guy. And then one time we didn't have enough money to pay the pastor. And now we are saying, let's pay this guy first, let's put in his check. You know what happened to my stated clerk? He took the check and thrown it into pieces. Oh, we, are not, we, are, we are not supposed to, to do anything to him. Uh, pastor needs to be paid first. Uh, I looked at that and said, is this according with the law of loving others? Maybe that's a bad example I'm giving. But you know, it's us beginning to look at ourselves and say, when we say we love others, what do we mean? It is considering others better than ourselves. And that is what Jesus is saying. Love does, does no harm to a neighbor. Romans 13.10. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And this is God's law of love. And this love of, you know, this law of love that Jesus proclaimed, loving God first and loving others as yourself fulfills all other biblical law. You know, it begins, it's, it's a practical thing that I shall love the Lord and then I love myself. You know, loving God and others and then myself. So it begins vertical, horizontal, and then comes back to me, loving others. So Jesus comes and says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I loved you. You also are to love others. John 13, 34. So the law of love is guiding principle of our lives. It's what everything we do should be based on. We should strive to walk in love in all that we do. Love should be the main motivating factor in our every action. And our love should be manifested in tangible actions and deeds. If we do not know or if we don't, how can God's love dwell in us? John is writing 
in his chapter 3, verse 17 to 18. He's asking Christians, <coughs> if we don't show love in actions, how can we say God's love draws in us? So sacrificial love is the foundation, the law of love. In order to truly live Jesus' law of love, it is imperative that we grasp the essence of it, that we understand the art and the spirit of the law of love. And the essence of the law of love is having enough love to do to others what we would want to do to you or what you want them to do to you, to have enough love to help those in need, <clears throat> to put the needs of others above your own, even when it is a sacrifice for you to do so. That's love. This is what the law of love is all about. Giving love in deed and in truth to those in need. So the question is, how many people around our place, around where we, we live, around this church, that are truly in need of our love, that are truly in need of our deed, that truly want to hear the gospel. This is why the law of love is the cornerstone of our belief. The basis of our whole way of life. It starts with awareness of the needs that people have. So what, you know, we do the need assessment. What do they need? Such as the need of friendship. We might be thinking of not just tangible things, but people need friendship. They need to be loved. So we need to do a need assessment around our community and find out what do they really need. Understand, support, respect, and the need to be listened to and to feel needed and important. You know, there are those, you know, psychological needs that people have. People to understand them. Families are breaking up. COVID has brought a new life, especially in Africa where we are. People, you know, men and women, are, you know, husband and wife are not, you know, are not used of staying together. You, you, you are there. And now we are, we are bound to be together from sunrise to sunset. And I want my space. And families are breaking up. People, they need people to understand them. People to support them, respect them, listen to what the need is, and cancel them. Talk to them about the biblical marriage. It's no easy task to leave Jesus' command of love. To love the Lord with all our heart, our soul, and mind, and love others as ourselves. And not just that, to lay down our lives for the brethren or requires living of life of sacrifice. It means putting Jesus first, others next, and ourselves last. And doing so goes against the natural man. You know what we say? Hi, I begin with myself and then go to the others. That's the natural man. It's against human nature where we think of ourselves first where we need to say, I need to feed my family first, where we say that I need to feed myself first, and then I'll count you second. 
So when we are saying that we, we fulfill this, it's living a life of self-sacrifice. To have this kind of love, the love that causes you to lay down your life for your brother, brethren or brothers, which causes you to die daily through dying yourself and living for the others, requires God's supernatural love or supernatural love of God. It does not require our own knowledge. Friends, living God's love means consistently thinking of others and serving them. And that is a tall order. It is not easy, it, you know, it is easy to be lazy, selfish, and self-centered. It happens all the time. And most of us are that naturally. Our first reactions are usually ourselves. What we want, what we will make of us happy, you know, what is that which is going to make me happy? But if we ask as Christians the Lord to help us, we put forth a genuine effort. We can develop new habits, new reactions, which with time will help us to become more loving, caring, sacrificial individuals. The Lord will give you strength, the grace, and the power to give yourself to others, to put the needs of others before our own, if we ask him so. If you let him fill you with the Holy Spirit, if you give your life to him, you can do it. But Jesus can and he will if we let him in our lives. Finally, brothers, I want to conclude by saying this sacrificial or talking about the sacrificial love of God. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love others. This commandment have we from him, that he who loves God loves his brother. By this we know that we love the children of God, or we are the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. The Bible continues to say, this is my commandment, that you love one another. As I was growing up in the mission, we used to teach us a chorus, we used to sing, this is my commandment, that you love one another, as I have loved you. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. You know, flew, um, flying into Dallas, I'm in the immigration, and I find this guy who was supposed to check my passport. He took it, and he asked me, brother, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. Okay? He said, he said to me, can you recite John 3.16? <laughs> yes, I said I can. Okay, let's recite it together. We started, for God so loved the world, and as we were finishing, he stamped my passport and said, go and preach the gospel. That was my first time in the United States to find such a man who is eager to find out if truly this pastor who says that he is a pastor can memorize John 3.16. <laughs> Most of the people in the immigration world will ask you, you are coming here to do what? What do you want to do here? How long are you going to be in the States? Because of that, I ate fly into Philadelphia. I had a horrible time one time. In, 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 
you know, in, with immigration there. And really, the guy I found there sometime, you know, he timed me and he made sure. For two weeks, he sent me a text reminding me that I need to be out of U.S. And that's what they did to me. But this time, I'm finding somebody who wants us to recite the scripture together. So we are saying, this is how we know that love is. Jesus laid down his life for you and for me. He, la he laid down his life for us. And therefore, we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. And says, a new commandment I give you, love one another. Friends, we must demonstrate our faith by what? And love can only can certainly be proven without tangible manifestation. How do you say that you love me if you cannot show tangible things? So to say you love someone and yet to try to help them physically in whatever the, the way they need, food, clothing, shelter. If we can't help those people, if we can't help people with that, we can't support them, we can't, you know, show that, and we say that we love them, this is not love. Two, the need for real love is a spiritual need, but it must be manifested physically in what? Faith expressed itself in love. James asked, what good is it, my brothers? If a man claims to have faith but has no deeds, can such a faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is with, without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, I wish you well. Keep warm and well fed. But does nothing about this physical need. What good is it? In the same way, Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by actions, is dead. James chapter 2, 14 through 17. Friends, brothers and sisters, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and truth. Friends, we started this sermon by defining the love of God and the law of love. The law can and should be urged upon all true believers, not to condemn them, but to correct and promote Christ-likeness. Both the indicative of the scripture and the imperative are from God, for our good and given in grace. We conclude by asking ourselves, if Christ gave himself on our behalf to fulfill the law of love, are we willing to give to it us? Even until it us, me and you, Jesus did. He gave his life, God, gave, God did by giving his son, and David concludes by saying, I will not give and the Lord of what which has cost me nothing. Second Samuel 24, 24. Brothers and sisters, the law of love or the love of God 
and the law of love compels us to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our minds, and to love others as we love ourselves. May God bless you. May God give us the spirit to accept the word of God and do as the scripture tells us. Thank you. God bless you.